Welcome to this podcast. My name is Jason Mann. Thank you for your time and for joining us today. Today I'll be interviewing Jeremiah Hirschberger. Uh, He's a missionary on deputation with a unique ministry, a very much needed ministry. I'm excited to introduce him to you and to see how the Lord can use this relationship going forward. Uh, Thank you again for joining us on this podcast. My desire is to encourage as many missionaries and church planners and pastors as I can. My wife and I started doing this about two or three years ago, just part-time. Yeah, I was an assistant pastor for 10 years here at Cleveland County Baptist Church, Pastor Tim Crumpton. Uh, Brother Tim used to be in children's evangelism for 17 years, and then he became pastor at my home church and actually asked me to come back. I grew up my wife grew up in our church all her life and my dad was actually the pastor there for a couple of years when I was a teenager and then moved on and then uh, came back here after being at Bible college and helping a church in Tennessee for a couple of years. I came back here and served for 10 years and just on and on as we got farther along more and more I saw our missionaries and and pastors and just just had a real desire to encourage them as much as possible. So we started going out part-time and just one weekend a month to go out and help. And from that, the Lord has burned us more and more to just jump in and go full-time with this. And I can share more about that later on, but, but how about you? The name of our ministry, Serving God's Servants. Mm-hmm. And... We just want to be an encouragement. As I studied the book of Acts, I started noticing, of course, there's always the two by two pattern. You know, Jesus sent the disciples out two by two. He, uh, then you see the Paul on his missionary journeys, you know, Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Timothy, Paul and Silas. But then I also noticed that it wasn't just Paul and Timothy. It wasn't just Paul and Barnabas, it was Paul and Barnabas and John Mark, and it was mm-hmm. Paul and Timothy and Epaphroditus and Sylvain, you know, he, at one point there were eight or nine men traveling with Paul. Yeah. And then he would he would send he would send two men to go and help the newly formed churches if they were struggling or needed more teaching or to ordain elders. Uh, in the churches and I realized that I, I guess uh, let me step back for a second you think of when I was going to Bible college it was you're gonna go out you're gonna serve the Lord you have a great ministry you're gonna reach hundreds maybe thousands of people for Christ you're gonna lead the way and you just but not all of us are made that way and you see so many men get discouraged and i think of our missionaries right now i think it's about seven years they average on the field if that you know thankful for all the faithful missionaries and and i'm thankful for anybody that's willing to go for five years for three years um you know sometimes people that come back get treated like a failure and it's like no they were willing to go yeah. Let's let's encourage them. And so God started working on my heart about being that Timothy or being that Epaphroditus or being someone that will come alongside. Because Paul would send Timothy away for a period of time, but then he said, Timothy, come back. <laughs> and then and he would send them here and there. Now I don't have a Paul to uh receive orders from, but I have the Lord. And the Lord gave us, so just a little bit more of what drove us to full-time ministry was in 2021, we went to Aruba, the island nation of Aruba. It's off the coast of Venezuela. Missionary Matthew Shields is there. Mm -hmm. And there's a hundred different nationalities on the island. It's just an incredible melting pot of nationalities. And so English and Spanish being the main two languages, Dutch is also spoken, 
and then a local language Papiamento, which is kind of a mixture of five languages. <laughs> but um, we went there for 10 days, just my family. We have a bunch of kids. So the Lord, we have seven kids. Um, so the government sends that to us. Well, we use that for mission trips or going and helping others. And, help, and that's kind of how we went out and helped pastors on you know once a month too to i do a little project for him and stuff but so we went down to aruba in 2021 and uh, missionary matthew shields was there and the last day we're sitting in the car and he just looked at me and said uh, he, he said brother i'm gonna leave on furlough he said i had a furlough in five years i uh, said i'm gonna leave and be gone for six months and he said i have no one to lead my church he said i i led several men to the lord i discipled them and they probably would have been ready they were already preaching and teaching but they got deported because of the the strange and before covid aruba didn't care about immigrants they were fine with immigrants well once covid hit and shut down most of their economy then they started kicking everybody out and uh, he said so i don't he said, I have two men. There's only two men that are faithfully attending. And he said, I am scared to death. And he was basically in tears. He said, I'm scared to death to leave. He said, I just wish somebody could come and fill in my place while I'm gone. Someone I could trust. And that's when God burdened my heart to take my family back. So in 2022, we went back and it worked out. We were there for two months. Uh, March through May of 2022, he had two other men come as well, and so the church was never without leadership for more than three weeks. And during that time, he had he was able to fill it all in. And well, wow! So we went the two months we were there. He came back just for three days in the middle of his furlough, and he said, "I got a unique thing happening. This man is he's was the pastor of the." an independent Baptist church on the other side of the island he said they're giving they want to give us a building wow. and it's a large auditorium can seat 150 people and has some sunday school classrooms attached and but it's been sitting vacant for 10 to 12 years <laughs> and so he's like come on let's go look at it and so we went over and looked at it and the termites had eaten wood off the front and around the termites had gotten all in it. There's actually like a four foot termite nest they found inside the building. Um, the walls were made of block, so they didn't get in the block and they didn't really eat the rafters of the ceiling. So that was wonderful. But uh, all the trim wood, almost all the trim wood and, and about they'd eaten about six feet of the platform <laughs> uh, out of the subfloor of the platform and he, and he said well you know if we're given this i'm going to start another church on, uh, he said if we're given this building i'm going to start another church on that side of the island and he's already he's already pastoring a, an english ministry and a spanish ministry hmm. and i was like i'm just kind of looking around at, and he, he preaches 10 hours a week on the radio there so he's preaching about 12 to 14 hours a week. Wow. And I'm just sitting there like, he needs help. <laughs> he, he at least needs, he needs some help. If not permanently, he needs some, somebody that'll come for periods of time. Yeah. And, and give him some help and just at least take a little weight off of his shoulders for periods of time. And so we went back for two and a half more months and helped him remodel the building and start New Hope Baptist Church there in San Nicolas, Aruba. Yeah, yeah. And uh, got to be there for the first service. And uh, he let me preach the first service. That was an oh. incredible privilege. And uh, the church is going on. A couple of people have been saved there already. Um, some, some people from, so the whole island of Aruba is only about a 45 minute drive across so some people come from the other church what he does is he does a sunday night service there and then a uh, tuesday night service there mm -hmm. 
So right now he's preaching three times on Sunday and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, he has three different church services. Yes. And uh, he's got some young men and even uh, two older men that have come to Christ last year or two that he's discipling that you can see, especially one of them, God's burdening for the ministry. I really believe one day, my, my prayer of faith is that he will be a pastor one day of one of those ministries, one of the churches there. And, but he just, you know, he needs help. And mm -hmm. so I'm burdened to help him, but mm -hmm. I'm also burdened to help our church planners here in the United States. I could mm -hmm. just, I just think of a man and his family moving to an area, adjusting to all the changes there, trying to get a building, remodel a building while trying to start outreaching mm -hmm. for a new church plant. They need help. Mm -hmm. And so my family and I, we just want to be the servants that come alongside them and help during that period of time and also establish a relationship. So if two or three years down the road, hey, we need to leave for two weeks. We need somebody to come in that knows these people a little bit and that we can trust to fill yeah. in for us. Mm -hmm. That then we could come in and fill in for them and give them some time off. Go alongside our missionaries and pastors, church planners, anywhere from a weekend to two to three months. You don't have to share the, the financial goal unless you want to, but how did you come to a goal for finances on deputation for this ministry that you don't know what you're doing because you're waiting on the call from a preacher that says, come do this? Yeah, well, I'm trying to be proactive as far as like uh, next summer, we're going back to Aruba for three more months. Yeah. So I know when they... When we help remodel the building, one of the goals Brother Matt and I talked about, because I, I, I want to go there yearly for about anywhere from three to five years for about three months mm -hmm. to just continue to lift up his hands, keep him encouraged, and yeah. hopefully get to the point where those men that he's discipling can become leaders and lift all that, you know, lift that weight off of them. Sure. Um, so I know what it, they remodeled two of the rooms in that building for a small apartment. And so my family will have an apartment there mm -hmm. when we go. And 90 days is the visa. You can go to Aruba for 90 days, no problems, no questions asked visa wise. Sure. If you step above that, then you have, you know, a lot more difficulty. Sure. But um, so for that, we won't have any kind of rent uh, we'll just have, it's still very expensive there. It's about $10 for a gallon of milk, things like that. Um, we have a house here in Arkansas that's on my wife's family farm. And we don't, it, all we have to do is maintain it. Um, so we have no mortgage. We're debt free. Our vehicles are paid off. So right now, I mean, I set a certain goal. I set 4,000 was kind of a beginning goal. And I had one missionary that had, he had eight kids and he just said, brother, you really need to move that to 5,000. <laughs> and he said, just all that you're going to try to do. He said, I think you're wiser to move up to the 5,000 range. So mm -hmm. that's what I've set the goal for that. That's good. And I, I believe that's a modest goal especially if we're going to travel overseas some. Um, and what, what happened, right? Uh, we, we went to a couple meetings in November, December last year. And I met a, I met a man, um, Jim Morgan, mm -hmm. and he's down at Landmark Baptist College in Haines uh, City, Florida. But he called me January 4th. And said, brother, there's a missionary that needs to come back from Belgium for three months. He needs to raise more support. He's kind of in a conflict with his mission board over support things. And he said, I, I just, he said, we need, I need somebody to go fill in for him for three months. 
there in Belgium. He said, it's two English-speaking church plants there in Belgium. Yeah. And I was like, brother, that is exactly what we want to be available for. I said, but we had just gone to Aruba twice in 2022. We didn't, and that was before we had any support. That was just God, God yeah. <laughs> getting us there and everything. And, yeah. and I said, and I had about 20 meetings scheduled already during that time period. And he was just like, I'm not, he's, and he understood. I mean, he understood it's not going, sure. but. Well, that, that's what I was thinking. Like a trip to Belgium, that's 10,000 plus dollars for a family of right. nine oh, people yeah. Yeah. just to get there and back. So that's, right. that's like, like, I'm not digging into your business. I'm just like how do you plan for that or it's just by faith or well i mean it's good <laughs> i'm not yeah. discrediting that but i'm sure the that's a question is, preachers would have yes how do you plan I, for, for these things the thing is for us is to be as frugal as possible mm -hmm. um we like i said we're debt free our vehicle we still have at least three four years of life on it it's paid off um, you know, just one step at a time, but as we go, so my plan is to go there to Aruba in June. Uh, if we fly out of Florida, that's only three or $4,000. So that's not bad. Florida, right? Hmm? You just need a raft in Florida, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. <laughs> um, and then helping missionary or helping church planners our overseas helps will probably be three to six months a year mm -hmm. and then here in the united states you know three to six months a year helping new church planners so when we're in the states lord willing we won't be using as much as if we're going to help a church planner we may have to rent a house short term um yeah Can Airbnb you provide the supplies for a remodel is that the plan where like I was in a church today at a fellowship and it needs paint. It needs a lot of paint. So is that something that your ministry will provide or would the church have to provide that for you or case by case? Yeah, that would just be case by case. Um, and one thing I'm putting just in my newsletters, we we're at about 25% now, um, you know, really only about five and a half months to six months being on the road. So I, I'm thankful for all the guys doing. Um, but that'll be, it'll have to be case by case. I'm, I'm encouraging pastors that, you know, once I'm out there helping churches, you know, as I send out these letters, if you want to get involved in helping other churches, you know, I'll, I'm, I'm very upfront with people like, you asked me about finances. I don't mind telling you yeah. what I'm raising. I don't mind telling people what I'm using it for. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to be completely open about mm -hmm. things. People ask me questions. You know, I don't mind giving answers and just leave it in God's hands of how it all, <laughs> how it all works out. Um, Are you in a project now somewhere? So, you know, right now we're in, we're on deputation but I take my tools with me. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're fitting it all in a 15 passenger van right now. So it got a little tight. We had a flat tire a blowout in Oklahoma in April. I kind of wonder if I overloaded the back of the van a little too much, <laughs> but, but, um, but next, so I'm doing a vacation Bible school for a small church here in Arkansas. You know, that's mm -hmm. a way that I can help small churches as well as do children's ministry for them um but i'm taking tools and we'll go help about two days on a church plant in oklahoma kind of mid-august just in between meetings so mm -hmm. uh, i don't and i just scheduled in december to go down for about a week and help a pastor at a small church in Arkansas as well. So do you have a, a background in handyman kind of stuff or where does that passion come from? Well, my, my dad remodeled some houses when I was a teenager, okay. um, but we didn't even have 
I think we had a circular saw. We didn't even have a power drill. Hmm. I mean, we we used screw. We used a literal screwdriver to take every screw out of the wall. Hmm. I don't know why. And I've asked <laughs> Dad about that several times. I'm like, Dad, come on, you know. Um, but uh, so that was kind of the start of it. And then our home that we have here, uh, it was it was kind of small for our family. So we added on about 700 square feet back in 2013 and then uh, just maintaining it. And then at our church, pretty much I was the jack of all trades, maintenance guy, yeah. music director, youth pastor, maintenance guy, school principal, school teacher, maintenance guy, <laughs> you know, just all over the place. And uh that that gave me a lot of experience our church has 21 toilets so i can okay. i pre-built i rebuilt most of those wow, <laughs> and then uh, yeah i don't know why they plan so many um but uh re rebuilt a lot of that and just done a lot of handyman type things so i i'm trying not i'm not going to get into a new construction type situation other than you know helping somebody finish out stuff that needs done um, I don't want to just be a builder uh, really the maintenance type thing is is to be an encouragement I I try to do that even for uh, and I'm even willing to work on a pastor's house if I go somewhere and mm -hmm. you know it's a church planner and he's got a house that he's he needs fixed up a little bit as he gets going then I'm going to jump over and help him with that it's the goal is to be alongside and to encourage. And so whatever way I can do that. Well, I've been in over 300 churches, probably closer to four. And there's a lot of churches that need a lot of help. <laughs> I'll say that. And, um, uh, you know, that's 400 meals with preachers. Now, most churches you go to, you have a meal with them and just hearing their their uh, unspoken words of uh, a desire for connection with others. Uh, someone just posted in one of the Facebook groups, who, who do preachers complain to is basically what the post was, you know, everybody complains to the preacher, but who does the preacher complain to? So your ministry is a thousand times worth it and needed. And I praise the Lord for it. Um, what can I want to ask a question, but I don't know the words. What what can be done to better help a pastor uh, without the ministry you're doing? Like like just inside the church, maybe, or uh, pastors' fellowships, or you know, you mentioned someone uh, being there for two years. And then you'd go back and give them a little vacation of some sort. Is our churches not seeing the need for their pastor to have a vacation? Uh, so they're neglected? Or do you think pastors just don't want to uh, take the time away for themselves? Uh, what, what, what seems to be the problem there? And what's the solution, do you think? I think there's a root problem. And I'm just being open. I feel like there's a root problem of pastors feeling like they have to take it all on themselves, that they have to make it work mm -hmm. for their church to survive and to reach souls. And, and, and I'm so thankful for every pastor that is laboring. And obviously, I wouldn't be trying to do this ministry if I wasn't. I, I want to encourage every pastor but I feel like there's expectations put on pastors. I, mean, I was a pastor's son, and I know the expectations that my dad tried to live with. And, you know, every pastor really needs to study it out, search it out, and, and ask, am I setting, it's not that we shouldn't have high goals, but am I setting expectations too high for myself to where I'm always going to feel defeated? And just seeing, growing up around pastors and things, you know, the the weight that pastors carry you know you can say well they should just give it to the lord the bible has given us 
like I said, there there was a two by two. There was a group. There was a yes, laboring together with God. There's a fellow servants. So part of what I'm doing as I preach is really, I, I may not get support from this church that I'm at, but I'm encouraging every person in that church mm-hmm. to help your pastor. You, sh- you know, maybe there's situations where they don't have someone to do what I can come in and do, but help them in every other way. You may not be skilled to fix the plumbing problem or to paint the wall, mm-hmm. but make sure your pastor knows you're praying for him. Make sure you are praying for him. Make sure in every way. So I, the root problem, I feel like it could be one side of, you know, such high expectations that we men place on ourselves, but also just the and part of it's our culture the busyness of the culture to where people aren't putting the church and getting the gospel out as the priority Mm -hmm. and realizing they need to help their pastor in this. And it's so important for pastors to build a, just as they preach and teach and live their lives to build an openness for other people to get into their lives and to serve alongside them and to encourage their people come serve with me. Let's, let's do this work for God together, mm-hmm. which is hard because, uh, you know, I've been pastor son, those very people that you let in close can be the ones that turn around and stab you in the back. Yeah. And so, uh, and I don't blame any pastor for closing off people after having gone through that. Cause I watched it happen to my dad over and over again, mm-hmm. but yet that is what we're, we're called to be with others mm-hmm. and to help them, encourage them, disciple them. And so, you know, long, long answer kind of, but just every church needs to be, encouraging and but pastors do have to develop that within their own congregation of letting the men grow and lead and help so i'm not sure that fully answers your question there but i do feel it's a tough question yeah yeah i don't even know the words to ask the right question it's definitely a problem but you know uh, Dr. Smith, why don't you get help? You know, I mean, that's that's kind of the question, but it's it's a very personal, private question that needs to be answered, I think. And because um, there is, you know, I mean, pastors definitely struggle with things, and that leads to, um, uh, I think, a self-inflicted uh, stress that doesn't need to be there. Yeah. yeah. So you're absolutely right in your answer, I think. Uh, what happened to two by two? Uh, like you said, scripture's full of two by two. What happened to that? And, uh, you know, I grew up independent fundamental Baptist and two by two, especially in missions is very clear. Um, we should be sent out two by two. You know, Jesus took 70 men and sent them out two by two. What do you think happened to that model? Where did that get lost? I think it got lost back in the 60s, 70s, uh, 50s, 60s, 70s. Um, just the big church numbers, strong leader. And it's it's hard to have a strong leader and still be two by two. Um, and wow. pastors have to be open to that they have to develop that you know our pastor you know our church is is smaller than what it's been in the past but right now there's three or four men that are either in our church or sent out right now as missionaries uh, probably five men that is, is something happened with our pastor that in our church actually has put it in, in the constitution that we would look within our own church for the next pastor. And oh, 
developing that future leadership creates the two by two. And my pastor does not, and he does some things alone, but yet most of the time there's two of us going to the jail, preaching together. There's, you know, so developing just your whole outreach in a system that's two by two, you know, taking, you know, take that assistant pastor with you to those hospital visits, take them with you to those home visits and pass on that knowledge and those experiences so that when he is in more leadership, then he's ready. But also when you need to step away for a week, you know, my pastor said, I'm going, you know, he's gone right now, actually on a missions trip. And when I was assistant pastor, he just like, I'm leaving. You got it. <laughs> and he just, he just go. And yeah. it wasn't just me. There were other men in the church that were ready to step up and fill in the gaps. And what's your pastor? Tim, Tim Crumpton. Tim Crumpton. Uh, let me just say what I'm observing here that you're not saying. Uh, Tim Crumpton has uh, on purpose. I, I've never met the guy. I don't know a thing about him except for what you've told me. Uh, but for anyone that listens to this, he has developed on purpose a, a lack of better word system where he trusts his men and he gives them responsibilities. And uh, I'm sure they, at times there's a failure and there's a uh, <laughs> correction time that he deals with, uh, yeah. but it's, it's a trust to the point that he can say goodbye and know that everything will be fine. And uh, I don't know if there's a lot of preachers at that point um, from observation. And again, I, I show up, I preach, I go to lunch, I leave. That's my observation level, you know. Right. Um, but you, you, you get around enough preachers, you do see some things. So yeah. uh, hats off to your preacher for that. And uh, is he, he's a delegator, isn't he? He, he does. He, he, likes, he will delegate. There's certain things he doesn't delegate. Sure. Um, there's certain things that he doesn't, and I'll just, I'll just say this, that he'll say this too, is to think eternally. Yeah, that's good. To think eternally. And we don't, you know, the Bible tells us our life's a vapor. Mm -hmm. We don't know tomorrow. Uh, our health is a gift from God. Amen. And I mean, even in what I'm doing, I don't have guaranteed tomorrow. So we should invest, yeah. invest as much as we can in the future generations. Mm -hmm. And that does mean they need some responsibility and they need yeah. to learn the weight of that. I was taught you should always be discipling and you should always be discipled. And uh, so it's, it's always coming in and it's always going out and that's how you grow. Uh, the best yes so what is your plan what is your plan as far as how long how long do you have kind of hoping to do deputation and then you said you're going to go back to north macedonia uh, we were in hungary before so north macedonia is a new adventure for us and uh, uh, we started deputation last september and we probably have until spring of 25 to go uh, so we we have about i, I went under supported uh, i cringed a little bit when you said i'm just going to do a year and then stop and because uh, i had that mentality and it backfired on me but uh, so i'll wait until i have full support this time but i'll be overseas i won't be in america like you are right. so and you you have a home so the circumstances are different but uh but nonetheless uh, i'm not going to go under supported again so um yeah, so probably spring of 25, which is around the corner, relatively speaking. It's not that far away. So that's good. Uh, I had a question and I lost it. Oh, uh, your ministry, if I call a preacher, I say I'm Jason Mann, missionary to North Macedonia, uh, church planning out of Grace Baptist in Decatur, Texas. I would like to come and present my work. What is your spiel? Because it is not that. It is not church planning. And... Uh, so... Uh, I just, my name is Jeremiah Hirschberg from Clear County Baptist Church in Heber Springs, Arkansas. My pastor is Tim Crumpton. And my family and I go out and assist and encourage 
pastors, church planners, and missionaries. And uh, sometimes I'll say through ministry, music, maintenance, and media. Um, but generally, there's almost like a pause. Like, okay. <laughs> and, I, and I say, so we're a helps ministry. I generally also say that we're a helps ministry. Um, sure. Because that gives them a little idea. And I'll say, we, we'll, we go assist for up to three months. I try to give them a time frame pretty early in the conversation. And some pastors are just, okay, you know, not, not interested. Honestly, most of the time you're getting an answering machine, you're getting emails. Sure. Um, what, what I've seen is it takes a little bit longer for pastors for it to kind of click what we're doing. Um, those pastors, because there's a lot of pastors that are, have been missionaries. Uh, yeah. Almost every pastor that was a missionary mm -hmm. it goes a lot easier <laughs> because they think they oh, it, would been, it would have been so nice to have you come and yeah. um yeah. and every church where were you when i needed you yeah every church planner is yeah. kind of the same way too is they're like yes i would he's i like this and so i know that when it comes to getting meetings it may be tougher. It's a little tougher to get meetings. But basically what I'm having to do is just work from people I've met and know, which honestly, I knew almost nobody. Um, our pastor, yes, he's on the road 17 years, but then he pastored for 10 years and he really just stayed home and traveled just a little uh, during that time. So probably six of six state of the supporting churches I currently have out of 12 my, knew my pastor. So that that's definitely been the best base for me to work on from, but mm -hmm. uh, I know it's going to take probably a little longer and only certain churches are going to support what we're doing. Sure. But a lot of the smaller churches there's a church up in Pennsylvania that took us on for support. The pastor's just like, I could definitely, I'd love to have you come in for just two weeks. He said, he pointed at a thermostat. He said, and it was hanging by the wire. He said, I've been meaning to screw that in for a month. He said, but when I, by the time I get to the point where I could do that, uh, I, I have to do something else at that moment. Yeah. And just to have somebody come in and, and do a few little things and just be a blessing to mm -hmm. that pastor. He said, I can see it. And uh, so that's that, good. so eventually we may be traveling almost like still on deputation, but just going and helping a pastor a week, two weeks, three weeks at a time. And just what, what's something you need done, pastor? You know, just try to be that encouragement to them so um you mentioned yeah, music family sing yes we love to sing um nice. so far we've got three-part harmony uh our little kids get up there and just belt it out sometimes <laughs> i was i was a music major and my wife plays the piano she's played yeah. piano 28 yeah. years now yeah. um music what can i find you an apple music uh, no, no, no. But you can go to our website and there's a song or two, which I need to, I need to get better recording quality. And, and when we go to a church, get somebody to really record it, that would be, it's a yeah. little on our website, you can hear us sing a song or two, but it's a little echoey. But, mm. uh, but we just, we just belt it out. We we're not perfect, you know, but a lot of churches we've been to, you can tell it's an encouragement mm -hmm. just the kids singing and things so sure. in that way and that's another way that we can just be an encouragement and a blessing so yeah our first deputation our kids were little and they always brought smiles to the congregation singing now they're teenagers and it's like yeah <laughs> so i understand they're yeah. they're singing yeah praise the lord yeah, yeah. that's good that's good. Yeah, I know that'll change over time, but, but yeah. we're gonna 
try to keep developing that our our 12 year old plays the piano as well he's getting pretty good at it something i see as a um a problem in um, the only circle i've ever been in the independent baptist world is especially um like i mentioned europe the lack of missionaries is a lack of men surrendering to ministry and the past uh, maybe year or so i'm realizing it may not be the lack of surrendering men. It may be the lack of, uh, I surrender, and then they go off and do something else. And they get sidetracked, or it's an emotional thing, or there's not a system, I don't know what word to use, system's not the correct word, um, to help people like that. Um, how, how can we help more men hear the call of God. I believe God still calls. I don't think that will ever cease until the rapture. But how can we help men hear the call of God and then get plugged into ministry effectively and long-term? What do you think about that? I just feel like we've lost the urgency of missions. Hmm. The urgency of, and it just comes down to our people still dying and they'll spend eternity in a Christless hell and uh, you know this is from a different missionary I asked him this was in 2018 I asked him I said he just came back from furlough and I said what do you think of the churches in America like the state because he had just traveled for a whole year you know and he said I just feel like they're so distracted Good. Just so distracted from what's the main goal and you know the goal of the church is to bring glory to god but then to go mm -hmm. and what what helped my family and I, I i just looked at my wife one day and i told her i said we've been helping part-time but i don't want to live the rest of my life knowing that I never went, that I wasn't willing to just, and, and we are keeping the house here because our pastor really, you know, we don't pay rent on it. We have, there's just a small expense of maintaining it. And our pastor recommended us have a home base to base out from to do all this, but just that being willing to just let go of the American way and mindset of life. And instead of following the American way of life, follow the biblical way of life. Yeah. And what was the early church about? Being witnesses. And like you said, being a messenger, mm -hmm. we don't control. You know, it'd be wonderful to get to another country and our missionaries get to plant four churches per term you know and you every now and then you hear about a guy that does it and it's like or does you know one church per term and they're at 16 years they've got four churches planted solid and they're starting their fifth one but we're not in full control of that we are to be messengers to be witnesses and really i i, I wish our churches would just get back to every member a witness mm -hmm. every member a witness at your job mm -hmm. among your family and be willing to sacrifice whatever it takes to be a witness and to go and to answer the call because i just feel like we're holding on to things that god may have to take away from us as a nation True. to get yep. serious about the gospel again going to all nations and but i know of i i don't like to paint every church in america that way because i see some churches that people are answering the call and that the people are very missions minded i was at a church and here in arkansas and it was the best missions conference i've ever been a part of the people 
and the pastor has led this way he's been on 30 mission trips yeah. to india himself and the the pastor has led this way of we are getting the gospel to the world mm-hmm. and and he's had his son is on the mission field he's got another family that just went they're heading to the mission field they just finished their deputation they're heading to myanmar and he's got another couple in his church that just went on a missions trip in lieu of possibly you know becoming missionaries but there there's a mindset the whole you know that pastor led has led that church and being faithful in one spot for 30 years that's you see the fruit that comes from faithfully serving faithfully leading and it's so all that's so important is we can't you know you can't expect a pastor that's been there a year or two to have people that he's discipled and have seen him lead for five to ten years and then them being ready to go if if there's not the continuousness mm-hmm. continuity of the pastor and his leadership as well so it's good observations it's good distracted churches every member witness lost the urgency of missions is the summary of that that's yeah. that's good that's a bad report card on a church and uh, not that I feel you're being negative. I, I think you're just observing what is going on. And, and I think it's an accurate observation. Well, uh, and it's, it's also an observation of my own heart sometimes. I mean, yeah. let's, let's be honest, as we, we get distracted, yeah. <laughs> we lose the urgency of, you know, talking to that person at the restaurant or, yeah. you know. We just need some scripture right? for this. We got a good message, so. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't prepare messages that way. I, I normally start with scripture and then get thoughts, but right. <laughs> sometimes the thought in yeah. the scripture does work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's probably been one of the biggest struggles for me is preparing messages because I I know you need to kind of most pastors expect a missionary to come in and preach a message message right. But a lot of my preaching is like through books. And so yeah. then you're kind of studying along like, Lord, I need a new, I need a new one. You know, I need some more missions messages. Yeah. But you got the I lady got... through the roof. She'd be like, somebody had to fix that roof. That's me. That's my job. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he got to Jesus, but they were left with a hole in the ceiling. Someone had to fix it. <laughs> yeah, I try not to do abstract <laughs> Uh, just messing it's funny yeah yeah that's good oh that's neat you have any books that you can recommend people to read that to help them out this may sound really lame but the book of acts the book of acts good um you know there's the missionary problem by andrew murray i believe it was by andrew murray i may have the there's there's or maybe it's Adnan. I can't. I think it's Andrew Murray. A missionary problem. There's one. And basically, the sum of that is people aren't surrendered. Yeah. Um. That's one that that helped me. Um. But really, just what was the New Testament church all about? Mm-hmm. And it was the discipleship, the witnessing, spreading the gospel, and um. I don't, with seven kids, I don't read a lot of books. I start a lot of books and get, get in a few pages yeah. and, um, I'm an so yeah, that's, that, that's not my forte and uh, this sounds bad, but where we live in Arkansas, we had, we didn't have good internet until about a year and a half ago. So I, that, I didn't have, <laughs> yeah, it really probably was a blessing, but, uh, <laughs> I didn't have the option of audiobooks or things like that. So that's that's not my strong point. It I like to just be hands-on, uh, just hands-on. And well, very good. Well, thank you for your time and 
I will get this edited to uh, something more digestible and time-wise. And yeah. uh, I hope listen to others and uh, exposes your ministry so that you can encourage others and serve others as the Lord's called you to do. Uh, if you don't mind, could you close in prayer? And then we'll, yes, sir. Uh, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for today. Thank you for Brother Jason and his ministry and how uh, he desires to help and be a blessing to other missionaries and Lord get the gospel to Europe and Lord there is such a need all around this world to get the gospel to others and Lord help us to be faithful witnesses Lord as I told one pastor today Lord help us on the deputation trail for the goal not to become getting that 100% mark or having enough churches scheduled but just to keep you as the focus and center of all things. The goal is to know you more, to walk with you more, and, and to be a witness of you more. Lord, we need your help in this. We're not capable of doing this in our own strength at all. We need you, Father. And Lord, I just pray you bless Brother Man and his family and his teenagers, and you just guide and help them and just give them strength as they go day to day. Lord, we praise you for the opportunity to serve you. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Well, we just heard the interview with Brother Jeremiah Hirschberger. We're so thank you for his time. Well, thank you for your time for listening through this podcast. It was a little bit of a longer one. I understand that. And I'm as I was editing it, it was like, man, this is good stuff. This is good stuff, and it just kept coming. So, uh, thank you for bearing with me. If you made it this far in the podcast, then I do appreciate that. There'll be more to come. Um, in fact, I have four podcasts to edit and release as I record this one. So, thank you for your time. Looking forward to making a difference for the sake of the gospel, uh, not only in Europe, but around the world, and just uh, using the resources that God has given us in this day 2023 to help make that difference uh, god bless thank you so much uh, please be sure to share and comment and thumbs up and all that fun stuff that you know to do but probably won't uh, please do it thank you so much and god bless mm -hmm.